Hey everyone, and welcome back to another book podcast. This week we had the wonderful Frances Mensa Williams, CBE, in the office to talk all about her fabulous new novel, Strictly Friends. And my goodness, was she an absolute pleasure. This episode is a little bit different as we recorded it a few weeks ago when our wonderful intern Connor Hodges was working with us and he did such an incredible job as host. You guys are really going to enjoy this episode. I was desperately trying not to laugh in the background as it was being recorded and it was such a joy to listen to. Anyway, enough from me. We hope you enjoy the episode. As per usual, a quick disclaimer. Despite any connections to the publishing industry, all opinions on books and biscuits are completely our own here at Another Book Podcast. So let's dive into this week's episode. Okay, well, hello. (laughs) Nice to meet you. (laughs) Nice to be here. How are you doing? I am doing great. A little hot and bothered because it's sunny out there. Yeah, it's horrible. (laughs) Um, Okay, should we jump into it? Let's go for it. So, you wrote your first non-fiction book mm-hmm. in 2011, I believe. Ah, gosh, long time back. Yeah, yes, long time back. I did, back. I did. Yeah, um, mm. I was doing my GCSEs. Actually. Oh, don't. Yeah, you sorry, sorry. Really, really <laughs> sorry. <old>. Yeah, um, <laughs> sorry. So, what made you write mm. that? Actually, it's funny you should mention school, mm. because the book is called Everyday Heroes. And I wrote it because my daughter came back home from school one day and she had a Black History Month um, project. So I said, oh, what do you have to do? And she said, oh, we're doing Martin Luther King and whatever, whatever. So I kind of rolled my eyes and said, I can't believe in this day and age with all the black heroes around and all the black professionals around, you guys are still going to 1960s American heroes. So she sort of looked at me and was like, are you going to help me or what? (laughs) So after I stopped whinging, I decided, well, instead of, you know, moaning about it, do something about it. Now, I had already started an online magazine called ReconnectAfrica.com. And one of the regular features was a five-minute interview. So I was interviewing lots of different black professionals about different careers. Yeah. And I thought, maybe if I put together a series of interviews in a book, it's the sort of tool they can use for Black History Month that's Mm. going to be a lot more relevant to today's generation. Yeah. So that's what I did. So I pulled some of the interviews off the website. I wrote to some other people, got them to agree. They did the interviews. It's just a book of 16 interviews, eight men, eight women, seven questions, really short because that age group has no attention span. So (laughs) um, just things like, you know, what was your first job? What do you do now? What have you learned along the way? What tips for your career? And I went into my daughter's school and the librarian was ecstatic. She's like, we need books like this. And then I went and gave a talk in my daughter's school, much to her cringe. But <laughs> hey, it's all good. So yeah. that, that was what launched the first one. It wasn't deliberate. It was just a sort of, um, I just thought it was something that was needed. Yeah. So instead of just helping your daughter, you, you wrote yeah. an entire book. Yeah, I thought I'd help the world. Yeah, you know, yeah. Stop at one yeah exactly. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, but I, I mean, even at my in my university degree, um, just the focus on... Like just civil rights history and things like that. Yeah. It just stops there. Yeah. Um, I did history. It, yeah. It's really, really... Yeah, I don't know. It just feels like there's a massive, like, decades and decades just missing. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I think it's it's really good. And you've got a CBE. I do. For, indeed. Yeah. Um, I brought it up, so you're, so, so you're not bragging. Um, yeah. Uh, so why, why... Her Majesty the yeah. Queen. Yeah. In 2020. Oh, wow. Yeah. yeah. Um, mm. So can you tell me a bit about that? Sure. So I just talked about reconnectafrica.com. So that's part of the work that I've been doing for quite a long time. Yeah. And it's essentially came about because um, I went to live in Ghana for a few years Hmm. um, after getting really fed up with working in the city. Yeah. And while I was there, (laughs) came back after sort of five, six years. And I just didn't feel like I wanted to go back into the city again. Yeah. And one of the things that really, really struck me about leaving and coming back was I felt guilty because I knew that I'm from Ghana and my country needed the skills mm. and there's so many things that, you know, that just, are, you know, they're great already, but so many things that could be better. And so when I came back, I was just thinking, what can I do to sort of just help build on the skills agenda? Because mm. I was in HR and it was all about skills development. So I decided to set up my own business because I couldn't find a job that actually made sense yeah. to me anymore. Yeah. And I started a program called Interims for Development, and it was really about identifying people who would go to different African countries, short-term assignments, 
they were going to learn as much as to share, but it mm. was all about projects, working within businesses, training, doing various um, kinds of capacity building projects. So that sort of boomeranged and um, started working with a lot of larger companies as yeah. well as smaller companies, programs with um, people setting up businesses in different African countries. So we did projects in you know, Ghana, Nigeria, South Africa, Zimbabwe, loads of enterprise training in Zimbabwe. Yeah. And, um, and then also here in the UK and in Europe, African professionals who wanted to do something for the continent but didn't know how to connect. Yeah. Again, looking at ways to help find roles for them within organizations um, and projects and so on. So lots and lots and lots of stuff. Yeah. So yeah, I got recognized for services for Africans in the UK and in Africa. Yeah, that wow. was what the CBU was for. Yeah. Um, yeah, so I read on your website that you said that there was like a lot of demand for um, black professionals in the UK. Mm. They wanted to find jobs or find ways of yeah. connecting with Africa. So, yeah, I, I guess you just identified that gap and, yeah. and tried to fill it. Yeah, and there were quite, a, you know, there were two or three key programs at that time, and Interims was one of them mm. um, that was looking to really look at how does how does the diaspora, you know, Africans abroad, mm. how do they contribute to the development of Africa while still being wherever they want to be? Yeah. So, you know, things like the internet, of course, help to create opportunities for people to do remote stuff. So I had one person doing a website. Um, based here in the UK, but the website was for a Kenyan um, group of women who knitted soft toys and exported them. Yeah. So she was able to set up a really nice, you know, e-site for them to be able to really reach yeah. out and, and sell more widely. Yeah, and that sounds like a plot point in <laughs> um, Strictly Friends. But anyway, we'll, we'll get to that in a second. Um, yeah. So I, you, you mentioned that you spent five or six years in Ghana. Yeah. Um, as an adult. Oh yeah, yeah. As yeah, an yeah, adult, yeah. yeah. Um, mm -hmm. And then a lot of your fiction mm. uh, is set in Ghana. Uh, is it everything apart from this book? No, actually, um, it's sort of partly. So the way it worked was that the first book, um, which is called From Pastor to Pigfoot, yeah. was written to follow the journey of a young woman, black woman, Londoner, who was born in Ghana but had grown up in the UK and was being made to feel a complete dork about her culture. Yeah. And she got a chance to go to Ghana. So the bulk of the book is set in Ghana as yeah. she sort of discovers herself and the country and yeah. her culture and love. Um, the <laughs> sequel to that is called Second Helpings. Because, yeah. um, you know, you, you do, it's right? Title, yeah. <laughs> My titles yeah. are great. Yeah. Um, and uh, part of that, again, is set in Ghana because she goes back and mm. you kind of learn that things you thought you knew you didn't really know yeah um then um i decided to um take a punt and independently publish a couple of books yeah. so i wrote a couple of short novellas and they are set in ghana so the, the the idea behind that and i haven't finished yet is to sort of write short novellas about hmm. one woman yeah. um and just sort of tell the story but they're all connected to a luxury real estate development called Marula Heights. Yeah. So it's part of that series. So I have um, uh, River Wild. So the character's called River. She's mm. a real estate agent. She's funny. She's hilarious. Yeah. Um, and then Sweet Mercy. And that's about Mercy and her um, ill-fated uh, marriage. Yeah. Um, so, and then, but they came as secondary characters out of a book called Imperfect Arrangements, mm. which was a yeah. big chunky novel that I wrote, and that's set in Ghana fully. Yeah, and that's about three couples and three best friends and their relationships. But after that, um, the next book, um, the second time we met, is London. Yeah, um, and some Gloucestershire, and Strictly Friends. Ah, I just thought let's do the Caribbean. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> let's do something else. So yeah. it's London and the Caribbean. Yeah, Strictly Friends. So yeah. Yeah. Or um, my version of the Caribbean, I should say. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I thought Sorrow Island was a real place. I, I know. People keep asking me, where is it? Yeah. I'd love to go there. Yeah, I know. And I'm yeah, like, I was, you know, I was Googling it. I was Googling it and I was really, really <laughs> disappointed. Yeah. Um, I love it. Yeah, even though, so I used to work in a tea shop. I know yeah. that Sorrel and Sorrel tea yeah. is like a really yeah, famous thing. thing. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so I just thought, yeah, that makes sense. There's a yeah. place called Sorrel Island that's shaped like a little heart. Um, I did my research, made sure it didn't exist yeah, so I could create yeah, it. Yeah. <laughs> Um, 
Oh, yeah, I really want to get onto the book, but I just want to ask you one more question. <laughs> so why why did you transition into fiction? So you've got massive business background and yeah. a non-fiction background. Yeah. What made you want to tell different stories yeah. with fiction? Because I think, for me, fiction has always been my first love. Hmm. It's just I didn't show it to anyone. Yeah. <laughs> I used to write short stories. I used to write things and then just shove it in the drawer yeah. I'd started all these great novels that never got written thankfully yeah. um, <laughs> some of them were just dire <laughs> but um, I come across a couple of chapters once in a while and I'm like okay yeah. <laughs> um, but it was always something that was there so it was when we were living in Ghana hmm. we moved back there and um, I was pregnant with baby two hmm. and I was pulled off work because it wasn't going great so I had to sort of just rest it out and I suddenly thought this story, this story, this story. And the character of Faye had been bugging me because moving to Ghana when I'd grown up in the UK, hmm. there were so many things that were like funny and fascinating. Ghana wasn't strange to me. My, you know, my dad took us there every summer. So, yeah. But when you go as a tourist and you yeah. go to have fun and party, it's very different, very different from yeah. living there, earning yeah. your money there, paying your bills there and all the rest of it. And some of the culture stuff was just, to me, hilarious. Yeah. Um, were, you, were you living in Accra? Yeah. Yeah. So I just I just kept thinking, okay, so I mean, I can speak the language and I've been back and forth, but what if it was someone that didn't know any yeah. of that? How would all this look to them? And then the character started forming in my head of Faye. And why would she be in that situation? Why mm. she didn't know anything? Yeah. Um, and I just, I, you know, at the time, and it took a while to find a publisher because... A lot of books that I was coming across just didn't seem to be kind of rom-com oriented. They were all mm. very gangster or street and yeah. South London and all this, which yeah. was just not my beef, right? So I was growing up in Northwest London, so I was like, well, <laughs> what do I know? Yeah. Um, and, and I just kind of wanted a, someone who I could relate to. And um, But her character is totally different from mine. Faye is like a really with shy um and just quite needy yeah. and emotionally kind of not very strong at the beginning yeah. of the book. And she's going out with this guy who just thinks he's God's gift to culture yeah. and makes her feel a real idiot. Yeah. So things go a bit awry and she gets a chance to go to Ghana. And so I was writing the story in, in Ghana and because we journey with her to some of the sites and places, including the slave castle, which... Mm. Um, um, I visited as well. Amazing experience. Powerful. Yeah. Um, so in the book, she goes there as well. The castle that was used for enslaved people. And yeah, it just it just felt like that journey. So even the title from Pastor, she's a real pastor addict to Pigfoot, yeah. which is like a, quite a common dish in Ghana, yeah. right? So it was that transition. Um, and yeah, that, that just was the first book I finished in its entirety in yeah. terms of writing it. And... Eventually, when I found a publisher and they said, we're offering you a two book deal because I mm. said, I think I've got an idea for a sequel. They're like, OK, that's two books. Then. Yeah. <laughs> so <laughs> I well. had to stay yeah. on that journey of fiction, yeah. which I wanted to anyway. Yeah. And it's kind of gone on from there. So Strictly Friends is the seventh, seventh book. fiction. Yeah. yeah. And how is it looking back at your first novels now that you're oh, seven? In? Can you can you reread them? Yeah. Yeah. Um, I was invited to a, a book festival, Brighton Book Festival, uh, a few days ago, actually. Yeah. And they were doing a supper evening, and From Pastor to Pigfoot yeah. was the featured book in yeah. the supper evening. So I had to read a portion of it, and um, a reading, not a portion. And uh, food again, God, portions. <laughs> um, and, yeah, I was really enjoying it. I mean, it's re I love reading my books. Yeah, yeah well, that's <laughs> I good. I read it for that's a while, good. then I come back and read yeah. it. But River Wild, you've got to read River Wild. Yeah. She's so nuts, honestly. Yeah, <laughs> so, I, I and mean, it's, it's like 120 pages. Oh, okay. Or 50, yeah. 150 pages. It's, yeah, I'll do it's it. a killer. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I I love this book. Um, oh, by yay. the way, it's it's uh, the first romance book I've ever read. Yes. Strictly Friends. We yeah. love it. Yeah, I totally didn't tell you this five minutes before the uh, five minutes before the show. I am so stoked, honestly. Yeah. Yeah. It's, I'm just so happy. Yeah. Um, I've talked to people who haven't read it, and oh, I'm kind of having to skirt around. Yeah, and, you yeah. Know. and they're going, yeah, it's such a great yeah, book. Yeah, yeah. It looks book. like it's going to be good. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, yeah, I, so I had no expectations. You know, I, I don't know anything about like, the tropes of romance and things like that. Um, yeah, I just, I just thought it was great. I thought it oh, was just thank you. heartwarming, actually yeah. funny. Um, yeah. The characters 
were just nice people yeah. most for the most part for the most part um <laughs> And I just thought a nice person must have must have written this book. Oh, so yeah, um, cool. you're confirming my expectation. <laughs> so yeah, we've we've been skirting no. around this book for the last this ten minutes book. something. Yeah. Can you give a very brief plot summary? Yeah, I can. It's very easy. What I do yes. is I pick up the book and read the back. So, um, Ruby Ruby Lamont is the key uh, character in the book, and her son Jake, um, who. Is, is starts giving her some trouble because Jake starts telling tall tales at school hmm. about the dad who walked out on them when he was only two. So Ruby realises that for her son's sake, because school's now starting to get a bit fed up with this and starting to threaten um, whether or not the school's the best place for her son, she decides it's time to find out the truth about why Kenny left. It's not because she wants Kenny, Jake's dad, back in her life again, because actually her best friend, Griffin, who is... <laughs> Gorgeous, charming, handsome, and completely phobic about relationships. Yeah, I've got, I've got some strong words, <laughs> some strong words about Griffin. But as Griffin well, is so. like her pal. He's been there from the beginning. They've, they've been friends since school. He's always had her back. She's always had his, and he's been a father figure to Jake. But Ruby figures if she can understand once and for all why Kenny broke her heart by leaving her, maybe she and Jake can finally move on, and Jake can be okay. So. The journey takes them to Sorrel Island, where Kenny is living. And Sorrel Island is a Caribbean paradise, which, according to legend, was created as an enchanted refuge for lovers. It's shaped like a heart, and there's a whole folklore behind the reason why. But for no-nonsense Ruby, romance is literally the last thing on her mind. She's spoiling for a fight, and she's ready to confront her runaway ex. But when she meets him, he seems to be a changed man, or so he claims. And just as she's starting to remember what she saw in him, she stumbles across the gorgeous American portrait artist, <laughs> Mac, who wants her to be his muse for a portrait he needs to do, or maybe more. <laughs> and just when it's all starting to hot, hot up, Griffin suddenly shows up out of the blue, seemingly with more on his mind than just friendly moral support. So as all sorts of... Sparks start flying. Ruby has to start wondering whether the magic of Sorrel Island is more than just a legend. And as she starts to discover the truth about why Kenny really left and why Griffin really came, she seems destined for another heartbreak. But she needs to discover whether people really can change or if paradise has been on her doorstep <laughs> all along. Perfect. Perfect. <laughs> so um, there's a line in the book i think yeah. miss ida she's the um landlord of this uh, the paradise inn which yes. is a beautiful house yes that has had some financial troubles recently mm -hmm. but anyway um she i think she says it that mm. even paradise has mosquitoes i am so glad you yeah. picked up on that yeah. do you know why yeah because that, that's what that the was the title oh really that was the original really? title yeah I you know think, what I, publishers I think that's a, do? That's publishers a brilliant, change it. Brilliant title. I thought so that would too. Have been a brilliant title. That was actually what inspired the whole yeah. book because I was getting bitten by mosquitoes yeah. by the pool when I was in Ghana trying to write second helpings. Yeah. And I was walking up back up to my air conditioned room going, God, even paradise yeah. has mosquitoes. <laughs> yeah. And then I started thinking about island, paradise, mm. story, Ruby, single mum, baby. Yeah. Wow. And it all came from there. It all came from there. Yeah. So when they changed the title, I was like, well, yeah, why brilliant. are you doing that? Yeah, brilliant. <laughs> yeah, because I think this title is... It's too, kind of rom-com-y, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, it's too generic for what the story is, in my opinion. And I think yeah. that title would have been absolutely More intriguing. perfect. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, that's really annoying. Hope you're listening. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. I'm really unhappy with that title. Um, so, yeah, where, so where did you get the inspiration for the actual island, you know, because it's, it's got mm. the, the myth behind it of the two, yeah. um, the escaped slaves. Yeah, there were two, there was a, a, a couple that met on a plantation. This was during the slave trade mm. era in the Caribbean and they fell in love. But in those days, the slave masters were the ones that had the choice of who they wanted. Mm, yeah. And the woman was, or the young girl, I should say, was um, in the sights of the plantation owner. So they realized that if they stayed, she was going to be used and abused, and they decided to run away together. So they managed to escape, and they got into a boat, preferring to die on the high seas than to stay and be enslaved. And just as they were thinking it was all over after days at sea, they spotted this island, mm. and then the boat washed up on there. And 
it was this pristine island with fruits and trees and shelter yeah. and sorrel trees. Yeah. Sorrel trees. And it was shaped like a heart. Yeah. And it just suddenly appeared out of the water. So, yeah. yeah. So does that have like a backing in a real myth or did you just make it up? Of course I made it up. Oh, okay. Yeah, brilliant, brilliant. <laughs> Talking to a really talented author here. Okay. No, because it, so- it sounds like a real myth. You know, it sounds, yeah. Sorrel Island sounded like a real place. That sounded like a real myth. I'm <laughs> telling you, you I, yeah, I, I wanted to go. I was really annoyed. Um, I, I, yeah, I've had people looking for it yeah. and saying, where is it? I'd love to visit. Yeah, and I'm like, yeah. well, it's kind of in my head and what you read on yeah, the pages. Yeah, unfortunately, yeah. But no, I could see it. If I could draw, I could draw the island. Yeah. Because I could just see the different parts and mm. the vegetation and just feel the temperature and the, and you know, and the language and the yeah. food and... Yeah, yeah, love it. Great face. Yeah. yeah, sounds it. Yeah. Um, I think, like, based on that myth, a thing that I really liked about the book is you don't just shy away from the nasty parts of, of the history. Yeah. Um, so you talk about the plantations. Yeah. And then you also have Ocean House. It's yeah. Ocean House. Ocean yeah, House, okay. yeah. Um, because all the families are leaving. Yeah. And then, you know, to find more work and yeah. things like that. And then you've got actual consequences for that. You know, the, yeah. there's children there. Um, and there's the one who can't speak. I can't remember his name. I've forgotten. So the Drew. Drew, yeah, Drew, Drew. yeah. Drew. Um, He's traumatised. Yeah. yeah. I, I nearly cried uh, in that bit when he finally oh. speaks, by the way. Um, but I just thought it was really nice. And it goes back to what I wanted to ask you earlier. You know, you've got romance. You say you write romance with an edge. Yeah. Um, and that really came out to me yeah. with these parts of the book. You know, you're not just talking about this, yeah, rom-com story where nothing matters other than yeah. the relationships. There's also that underpinning yeah. element of things where this is like a real place, mm. where there's actual negatives to it. Mm. Yeah, Even um, paradise has mosquitoes. Exactly, yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, and then it's also a great way for Griffin to, you know, find mm. himself. Um, oh, Griffin. Griffin. <laughs> I'll get I'll get to Griffin later. Um, so one, the opening, one not not the opening in on the beach. Mm. That's really powerful in itself. But the bit that I really stuck with, or the, the bit that stuck with me, um, was the interaction with Jake's head teacher. Yeah, and he's just yeah, a bit of a prick. Yeah, <laughs> Can I, I don't know if yeah. I can say that. Um, but even yeah. he had some redeeming qualities. Yeah, he does. Yeah, line. in the end. Yeah. But it's just, yeah, the way, you know, Very just, pompous. Yeah, Mrs. Mrs. Lamont. Yeah. Yeah, uh, single mum. <laughs> never married as well, yeah. yeah. He just can't even imagine it. Yeah. But I just thought the tone yeah. of that was so pitch perfect, the way he's just sort of not even listening at the mm. start, mm. just condescending. Mm. Um, yeah, are you drawing from personal experience there? <laughs> no, sadly. No. Oh, OK, no. yeah. <laughs> You just got a good imagination. It's got a good imagination. Yeah, no, just... I, I kind of, I think you know what with me. It's, um, and maybe as we we'll talk about the edge a bit later. But mm. you know, for me, I always want to try and understand what's driving someone. Yeah. So even someone who is a pompous, um, what, why, right? Yeah. What's going on? And I think with him, he's just so concerned with being the big. I'm, I'm all that. Yeah. That. It takes a minute for him to realise she's a human. Yeah. And this is a child. Yeah. And this is a child that's going through something that's really yeah. difficult. Yeah, he's and then when he old. does, yeah. yeah. And then when he does, you know, um, and I think Ruby alludes to that because she's tall, she's, you know, lean and muscular yeah. and people rock just find abs. her rock hard abs. Yeah. <laughs> and people find her intimidating. Yeah. Um, and it's that sort of people dealing with that surface and mm. it's not until they stop and see a human being yeah. that they suddenly realise they've got humanity they need to be showing as yeah. well. Yeah, and I think that does come through with his actions. You know, he does, or it's alluded to that he works really hard yeah. to get Jake a study plan Yeah, and he thinks that it's a really good thing. Yeah. Um, yeah and everyone... Jake's a great artist, so you yeah. know, he needs him for his school yeah. as well. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, but even that's a good motivation, you know, mm. it's a human being, yeah. as you were saying. Um, but yeah, I think everyone, the way everyone sort of bends, not bends over backwards, but it just is really accommodating in the mm. end to, to Ruby's journey. I really liked that about the book, like Fee, yeah. Yeah. um, she goes to hand, hand in the resignation. She's yeah. like, 
just take the time off, yeah. which I wish, by the yeah. way. <laughs> yeah. She's like, oh, gosh, for a minute, I thought you really were quitting. Yeah. She's like, I am. No, you're yeah. not. <laughs> yeah, yeah, um, yeah I, I really liked the cast of characters. Um, that's that's really well, nice to hear, because I, I always write a cast. I'm not yeah. very good at... In fact, I don't know, maybe we'll come to this sideways, but yeah. this whole trope of romance is yeah. is a is a publisher's and a marketer's um tool yeah for me what i write i don't really consider romance yeah. i mean i've read a couple of romance books <laughs> just a couple and they take forever for yeah. boy to meet girl to get it together and there's nothing else going on really outside of that mm. you know there's, boy no, there's, meeting no girl. there's no other yeah. people there's nothing else going on there's no context and yeah. i just find that really tedious yeah and for me i kind of want to be in the world of that person i want to understand what's going on i want to know their motivation i want to know because for me, the, the real journey is the character, the yeah. woman at the center of the book, yeah. her journey. That's the story. The love story just kind of is a framework to hang that on. Yeah. But it's, you know, it's what does being in love with someone else or what does loving someone else tell me about me? Yeah. And help me grow and help me figure out stuff that I've been doing that's not good for me. Yeah. So I guess that's why I, I don't just focus on the two people because they they're always in a context of what else is going on yeah and i think that's it's it's obvious in the book because mm. she never forgets about her job you know like yeah. there's there's a lot of like even films yeah. where it's just you know they have a job in the yeah. first three minutes yeah and then they just go on this romantic adventure go on holiday and all yeah. this stuff and then you just never hear about that job again <laughs> Um, and even jake you know yeah. for ruby jake is the center of her life totally uh, and you never forget that, you know. It's not just, yeah. you know, they get to Sore Island and then Jake just evaporates. No, you know, uh, he's always there. He's he's one love story, and yeah. then the others are other love stories, and it's about different types of love. Yeah, yeah. Mm. Um, yeah, I, I really want to talk about that relationship because mm. I think, again, the way Ruby thinks about Jake, mm. I think, is just so realistic. Yeah. You know, she always wants what's best for him. Yeah. Um, she. He, you know, even when she's in the middle of this romantic... Yeah. Um, dilemma. You know, yeah, yeah, dilemma. <laughs> yeah. This, yeah, love square or, or, yeah. or whatever you want to call it. Yeah. Um, she thinks, you know, but what about Jake? What about Jake, yeah. So where did you... What, did you draw from personal experiences with that? That one, yeah. 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 I mean, my, my babies yeah. are the, are the centre of my world. Yeah. And, you know, they really are. And How old are they now? My babies are 20... <laughs> 26 yeah. and 22 but, yeah. hey. but you're only 29 so. I, I, I know I started young <laughs> yeah. I did yeah. but yeah no they they are and I still call them my babies yeah. they're just like whatever mm. um, no they absolutely are the centre and so for me the idea that you put your kids first yeah. is is just yeah standard Yeah. and I think also for Ruby losing her parents yeah. and having this sort of tight knit circle you know her aunt Griffin, Fee, and then Jake. It's just mm. kind of this central core of people that, yeah. that are there for her. So, but yeah, um, she's very unsentimental in general. Yeah. But Jake is the one area where, nah, she's not playing. Yeah. So <laughs> that's yeah. why she is ready to chuck her job and yeah. do what it takes to get her son to be whole again because she recognizes he's struggling. Yeah. Um, and just to talk on that, this goes back to the edge part, yeah. I guess. That bit where, uh, right at the start, just where he's making up all the stories. Yeah. Um, that made me really upset, yeah. you know, because it's just, you can just imagine it. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think it was just such a a good choice, like, yeah. uh, stylistically, cool. to have to have that really sort of heartbreaking element mm, in and it. And he thought it was him. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And oh, it's oh, the bit, the bit always, where he... Yeah. Um, this bit actually made me really upset where he, he is worried about his drawings not being good enough. Yeah. And then he... I'm actually tearing up. Um, oh. <laughs> yeah, where he, he's like, oh, I hope they got to be good enough so my dad stays, which is really, really, really sad. Yeah. Um, yeah, what do you think about Kenny, Jake's dad? <sighs> you know, Kenny on the face of it is 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 a bit of a rat for running out on... Yeah. on and without saying anything. Yeah. It's like... It's bad enough losing someone, but not knowing why. Yeah. It's just... And for someone like Ruby, who already had self-esteem issues... Yeah, from childhood. just yeah. entrenched the fact she wasn't good enough. Yeah. But doing it to her son was, like, unforgivable. Yeah. So, 
for me, it was really interesting to kind of see the interplay. I don't feel I write these books. I feel they write themselves. But mm. to kind of see the interplay between an outraged, hurt woman mm. facing a man who trying to explain to him the impact of what your behavior has been yeah. with this kid and yeah. on me. Um, and, and just while also kind of remembering the good times and yeah. remembering how it had been and not knowing why not. Yeah. It, it's a huge kind of set of conflicting emotions. Yeah. Um, so Kenny, again, for me, it was important to understand why did he do what he did? Mm. And it takes us a while to find out. Yeah. And we're kind of, we kind of forgive him but we kind of still don't. Yeah, yeah. Um, but we know why. And yeah. I think that gives us, you can be graceful and therefore decide to forgive him or you can say, yeah, yeah but you could still have dot, 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 yeah. you know. So I, I would understand Kenny, mm. right, if mm. Jake wasn't in the picture, mm. which is the thing I think most people would say, right? Really? You think even leaving Ruby without saying anything would have been oh, okay? Oh, yeah, I don't know. <laughs> I, I think I'm, I'm viewing it from with all the context. Okay. Um, he left for a good reason, in my opinion. <laughs> he was in a weird situation. <laughs> yeah, there's a lot of weird situations in this book. Yeah. Um, anyway, he, he felt like he... There was an imbalance. Yes. There was an imbalance, to put yeah. it, to put it yeah. lightly. Um, yeah. And he couldn't handle that. He couldn't handle it. So it's an ego thing for him, you know, in, in my or opinion. Or a heartbreak thing. Yeah. But then I think that's the... Oh, they're, they're entangled, you know. His they ego are. was hurt, his heart was broken. But and I think... his son. Yeah. I think he should have... But you know, like, sometimes people think, uh, I'm not going to be good for this person by being in their lives in mm. this and showing up the way I'm going to show up if this yeah. happens. Yeah. So maybe... And also maybe it was, like, a cry for, you know, come get me if yeah. you really want me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because um, he did... He sent the one letter. He did. The one letter, which I think isn't enough. No, um, but he wanted her to know where he was. Yeah, yeah. And he does say that, you know, he, he, he was mm. hoping that she would just just come and find him. Mm. Um, but yeah, I just think to do that to your son. Mm. But then he was he was also in an emotional straitjacket after that as well. Yeah. He couldn't Yeah. He couldn't live yeah. his full life either. And, and I, I get that feeling of... Mm almost embarrassment of you know oh, I, mm. I left i can't there's mm. no way i can i can talk to him now yeah i completely get that yeah. you know and the longer it goes on yeah. the worse it i've becomes. i've even felt like that you know i missed someone's text for two weeks yeah. and i think god there's no way i can, <laughs> I can this is embarrassing again, hey, mind hey, your son for yeah, six years. <laughs> yeah. But, hey do you want to meet for coffee tomorrow i just forget i can't be like yeah, yeah. um so yeah your son for six years yeah god i can't imagine the emotional state he's in yeah um and he hadn't moved on yeah he hadn't yeah. moved on. So it's not like... And she says at one point, you know, nobody nobody won. Yeah. There were no winners. Yeah. And it just... I guess it goes to show that this is what happens when you don't... You're not emotionally communicative, you know, no matter yeah. what. Um, yeah. If they just spoke about it, maybe they would have... You maybe know, you wouldn't have to move yeah. halfway across the world. But, but then would that have made her have to admit things that yeah. perhaps she hadn't... Yeah. Which is what I think she should have done. Yeah, but when you're <laughs> never sure that you're enough, yeah, it's yeah, it's a really big bad. risk to take yeah. somebody that you cannot lose that person. Yeah. And if that's going to change things, then you just never. Yeah, I think I think this is like speaking to the story that you've made in that you can't really imagine it happening any other way mm. because the characters are who they are and they're real people and those decisions have made this story like that yeah it's not like well why didn't they just say this yeah because then you know you've got an answer for that well ruby yeah. is yeah it, she's traumatized from yeah. her time as a kid yeah um so yeah it's really it's really hard to just mm. think well why didn't they just do this but and that's so good to hear because yeah. you want the characters to behave the way their history yeah. tells them they behave. like actual people yeah yeah so you know i remember the first book i wrote the plot and then years later i found the plot outline that I'd written and it was literally about 40% of the book was what yeah. ended up because the rest of it once the characters are formed they do what they do yeah. and you can't force them into a plot that you think would be yeah. sounds great because that's not how they, they would do yeah, it yeah they don't want to do that no. yeah 
I, I think I think we have to talk about him. the big man. <laughs> Let's talk Griffin. about the big man. He's six foot four, six foot four. Yeah, he's the most handsome man ever. Ever. He's um, messed around half of the women oh, of London. If you don't know Griffin by now, then you yeah. don't live in London yeah. and you're not under a certain yeah, age. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's been everywhere. Yeah. <laughs> he's a right. real slapper. <laughs> <laughs> you said it. You said it. He's a slapper. Can you put that on the um, yeah <laughs> on the reprint? Yeah. I think she calls him a man whore at one point. Yeah, she does. Yeah, a couple of times actually. Um, explain the relationship because I I can't do it. So you, it, it's got to come from you. Explain uh, the relationship. Ruby what and is Griffin. going on? Ruby the and Ruby Griffin. and Griffin show. The Ruby and Griffin show. They What's have happening? been. They have started that show when, from when they were like fourteen. Yeah. Um, I'm so sick of that story. <laughs> Oh, we kiss. We yeah, <laughs> I was so sick of it. I was so sick they of They started. They they were they were in class in school, and Ruby had a hard time at school. She yeah. was teased. She was she was she's tall. She was very lanky growing up, and she was just teased constantly, and she just felt completely unattractive. And Griffin stood up for her in class one day, which earned him a detention. Hmm. She stayed back to say thanks. He walked her home. And the rest was history. They became the best friends ever. They were together constantly. Um, and then when um, Griffin's mum died, Ruby was there hmm. and swore she'd always be there. And swore to his mum she'd always be there. And so they'd seen each other through all of it. And when Ruby's mum died, Griffin was there for her. Hmm. When she met Kenny, Griffin was not best pleased because he didn't think it was right and she was just falling for this guy who came and was tall and gorgeous and yeah. ruby only does tall men because yeah, she's six of course herself. yeah so um and she just refused to listen and so when kenny took off griffin did not say i told you so he was just there for yeah. her and he was jake's godfather and basically took the, the place of jake's father yeah, her, and, aunt, her aunt did say, I told you so. <laughs> As she says 15 <laughs> times in the book. Yeah, I, I love yeah, her aunt. I love her, her aunt is yeah. just like, yeah. Yeah, she's, she's hilarious. bundled up in all the all the clothes and cardigans yeah. in the world and it's like sweltering degrees, you know? <laughs> yeah. Um, so uh, her, aunt, yeah, yeah. her aunt moves in to help Ruby because yeah. Ruby's parents get killed suddenly. And um, yeah. so Ruby and Griffin... Um, have just been by each other's side throughout. They swear to always um, tell each other everything, mm. and they have done, almost. Um, mm. Ruby didn't tell Griffin what she knew about... And I kind of don't want to spoil that bit, so I'm not yeah, going to say, yeah, but yeah, yeah. Griffin has some very interesting circumstances. And when he loses his mum, he discovers those circumstances, and he struggles really, really hard yeah. with it. Some people might think it's amazing and it's great, but he doesn't, yeah. and it's a real burden to him. So Ruby has been there, but she's never taken advantage of that. Yeah. In fact, she's an extremely independent person. But there's always this question, isn't there, when two people are so close and everyone keeps saying, but did you and Griffin really never? Yeah. Come on, you must at some point. Yeah. So eventually Ruby confesses when she's pushed hard enough that, yeah, when we were 15, <laughs> We, you know, he snuck some cider out of his mum's house and we got drunk behind the shed and yeah. we did kiss, but it was yeah. awful. Bumped teeth. Bumped teeth. Yeah. And it was like, ugh. And it, yeah, we were so horrified. We were like, we swore we would yeah. never do it again, didn't we, Griffin? Yeah. And he's like, yeah, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> yeah, and so everyone she, believes that. Uh, yeah, she tells yeah. this story to anyone who's interested and anyone who isn't. Um, yeah. But <laughs> yeah. just to prove the point that she yeah. and Griffin are strictly friends. Yeah. And Griffin also makes it clear to anyone who asks that we are strictly friends. Mm. But are they? Yeah. Are they? Are they? Yeah. So when Griffin shows up with... So Jake left mm. his toy, his toy rabbit, yes. <laughs> um, in London. And then, you know, they go to Sorrow Island and Jake, he loves that rabbit. He loves that um, rabbit. I've forgotten the name of it. Don't do that because then it means I'll forget as yeah. well. <laughs> <laughs> jelly bean jelly bean jelly bean jelly yeah bean. yeah jake's forgotten jelly bean he loves jelly bean um so ruby just asked griffin to airmail it yep um so what does griffin do <laughs> what does griffin do he brings it in person yeah strictly friends as strictly you do. Friends, yeah <laughs> he brings it in person goes flight to jamaica and then gets this rickety plane 
<laughs> that makes him like nearly pass out with fear. He's such a coward. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, you see, he's not perfect in yeah, every way. Yeah, 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 yeah. Man has his weaknesses. Yeah, he's a man whore and he hates flying. <laughs> yeah, that's it. But other than that, perfect. Um, yeah, so he brings the toy. He brings for Jake. the toy. Yeah, yeah. Um, which is what I'd do for any of my friends. Oh, of course. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, <laughs> Yeah, so there's... He's half yeah. Kenyan. Maybe that's... Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm not saying anything on it. Um, he loves flying. Yeah. <laughs> and then, so now, there are two mm. six-foot-plus yeah. very attractive men on Sorrel Island. Well, um, there are two. And then there are... And then there's three. And then there's three. Mac. Mac. Can I ask you, mm. why... Why did she pick George Clooney? <laughs> so, so the first thing, so she sees someone, this mysterious figure. He's very tall, very, he's bearded, mm-hmm. handsome. And he turns around, and she goes, "Wait, is that George Clooney?" Yeah. And I, my, my jaw <laughs> entered a different postcode. I was like, "No way is this happening." <laughs> there is no way George Clooney is on this island. But thankfully, that's it's what not. she thought. Isn't yeah. It? <laughs> yeah, true. <laughs> True. Yeah, I, I, I just thought no way. <laughs> anyway, you got a personal. Mac, Mac is a real dead ringer for George. Yeah. No, well, George. Hey, George is handsome. I mean, very handsome that. guy. Yeah. Very handsome guy. Yeah. I mean, you know, <laughs> George, if you're listening, um, yeah. yeah. Anyway, yeah. so um, no, he's happily married. Darn it. But yeah, um, <laughs> yeah. But I guess. And, and in a way, I kind of do it with Fee, because Fee's very Dolly Parton. Yeah, 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 yeah. So Ruby's friend, best friend Fee is, is like this tiny little voluptuous blonde who yeah. plays up the Dolly Parton yeah, anyway. Yeah. But it's I just kind of... free drinks. Yeah. yeah. Sometimes you need a bit of a shortcut for people to picture someone, yeah. right? Yeah, yeah, And, um, you know, you can do all the description in the world, and you certainly get that with Griffin. Yeah. So I think I just needed a shorthand, really. Yeah. And also... The shock factor. Yeah. So I'm really glad it yeah. shocked you. Yeah. yeah, I'm telling you. Yeah. <laughs> Hopefully George will read it one day and it'll shock him too. Yeah. But, you know. um, so, yeah. But then as she got closer, she realised it wasn't George. and But he yeah. he bears a strong resemblance. Yeah. So, good looking. Clearly. Yeah. Mm. It's Mac. Yeah. It's Mac. Internationally acclaimed painter. Internationally acclaimed. With yeah. his own backstory. Yeah. Yeah. His own baggage. His own baggage. Um, he's not as wacky and perfect as he yeah. seems on the... Even surface. paradise has yeah, mosquitoes. Exactly, <laughs> right? exactly. Nothing yeah. that's ever perfect on the surface is yeah. the same when you dig under. But Mac... Yeah. Poor Mac. Poor Mac. But Mac is, is a charmer. Mm. Um, and Ruby is not looking to be charmed, but she can't help herself. Yeah, yeah. And Mac, I, I kind of wanted Mac as the mirror through which Ruby starts to realise that she is a beautiful woman yeah. and not this childhood hangover in her head of yeah. being this unattractive person that she had kind of concluded was the outcome of all the teasing she had from her youth so mac gave her the chance to see herself in a different way yeah and he didn't come with the baggage that either kenny or griffin had mm. so he was new to her yeah because because griffin is constantly constantly complimenting ruby you know you're beautiful you're this you look stunning she doesn't hear but, it yeah exactly Exactly. Yeah. Well, yeah. You're my friend. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. But when Mac does it, he has. You know, it's a whole different yeah, board game. He's so a she, third party. Yeah. She gets a little dizzy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. I. I. I like Mac. He's. He's funny. Um, yeah. Oh. I love the way he blackmails her into sitting. <laughs> yeah. 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 Oh, yeah. I'll. I'll. I'll teach you some painting. Yeah. Um, yeah, but I, I liked that as well. You know, again, Jake is never just left out. You know, yeah. she she can't just sit on a beach for three hours yeah. getting painted with no consequences. Mm. You know, there has to be a benefit to yeah, her boy. Yeah, exa- exactly. Mm. Exa- otherwise, I think she'd be like, no, yeah, no. So um, true. Yeah, he persuaded her. Jake was the one that kind of finally kind of like, Mom, do it, do yeah. it, do it. Yeah, yeah. Because she just thought it's ludicrous. Why yeah. would anyone want to paint me? Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Um. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, I mean, Mac aside, mm. um, I'm going to tell you who I was rooting for the whole time. Go I'm not, no, no spoilers. Go for it. And then I want to hear who in your head, mm-hmm. I mean, you know, I've read the book. <laughs> I, know, I know who you're ultimately rooting for, but I was, this This might, well, actually, what do you think? 
I think you were rooting for Kenny. Weren't I was. You? You really I was. Were, yeah. You? yeah. I I thought Kenny was really nasty with what he did, mm-hmm. but you know, in in the bits when he's like, "I still love you," um, his whole vulnerability yeah, is is exactly. exposed. Yeah. Because yeah. when he was like a faceless villain, mm. um, I yeah, I thought, yeah, you know, who does that? Did you like the scene when she went to dinner at his house? Yeah, and then they're dancing. And then they're dancing. Yeah, and then that, she didn't. That, yeah, <laughs> yeah. That's what I was. I was going to say. Mm. He just goes. He wants to dance with Jake, mm. and it's so obvious that he wants that relationship mm. with his son. Um, and that made me think. Hang on, mm. maybe this guy's in the right, or not in the right, but maybe he's got a point. Mm. Um, and then I thought. So Griffin at the start is very negative about Kenny. Mm. Um, I know her aunt always just says that man. <laughs> <laughs> can't, can't even say his name. <laughs> Um, but Griffin, Auntie Pearls, yeah, and obviously Griffin reacts really weirdly. Mm. Um, you know, he's like, "Did you pick up that scene in the restaurant, by the way, in the cafe in Brighton the ca- when 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 he says that mm. right at the start? Mm. No, I, okay. I, I, I went when back. When they went back, yeah, 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 because yeah, 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 yeah. oh, uh, yeah. I, I, I didn't know what was going on, yeah. and then uh, I went back, and, I was like, and then oh, you're like, of course, yeah, yeah. it's so <laughs> yeah. obvious, yeah. 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 So she and the beach, yeah. The yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. She mm. she says, um, you know, oh, Kenny never cared about me, he didn't love me, you know, mm. I can't believe he left me, it just confirms everything. Mm. And then Griffin just gives this sort of sheepish, mm. it's like, uh, mm. I don't think that's why, this is page three, mm. or page mm. two or something, this is no spoilers, but mm. yeah, he's like, I don't think that's why. Mm. Um, completely went over my head. Mm. You know, I thought he was just trying to be nice or something. Mm. And then you just see Kenny and oh, it's so annoying. Every, everyone says to her, you really don't know. You really don't know. But no one tells her, and and she just shuts down everything. Yeah. Um, but, it's too hard. Yeah, but I I, I liked Kenny. Despite Kenny, it all, Kenny, I liked him. Kenny, yeah, Kenny was. But you know, when she when she explains to him why not at the end, you have to believe her. Yeah. And you know, he he instinctively always had it right. Not the way he behaved, but he instinctively always had it right yeah. in, in knowing what the real situation yeah. was. And yeah. there was never going to be a chance that he would, that that would change. Yeah. And he could see that. Yeah. Much as he may have wanted it to. Yeah. Um, and they'd have had to stay on that flipping island for it yeah. to work. <laughs> yeah. yeah, exactly. <laughs> could not be around yeah. anyone else. <laughs> yeah. And um, despite it all, I think... You know, if if it were a choice between Ruby being single and getting mm. back with Kenny, mm. I'd have I'd have picked Ruby being single, and I think mm. I think Ruby would have done that as well, because mm. um, it just destroyed her trust that she'd just built mm. up, and yeah. I I think she was absolutely in the right to just you know even though things were going really well, she just thinks, hang on, mm. you know, you you left me and my son, mm. our son, mm. so I think she never would have been able to get over that, and rightly so, never yeah. would have been able to get over that, yeah, but. I still liked Kenny, yeah. unfortunately. But eventually, for her son's sake, she knew she'd have to get over that. Yeah. But that And that was, again, testament of how much Jake matters to her. Yeah. So she... Yeah. I mean, she the whole thing, even going to the island and confronting this yeah. man who did the most horrible thing to her. Yeah. That's all for her son. Yeah. Yeah. With my mother's love. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, but I, I liked Griffin... I did like Griffin. I mean, Mac, you know, Mac's, Mac's a wild card. <laughs> Mac's a wild card. There's no way. Um, was there any moment where you thought, mm, Mac, maybe? No, <laughs> to be honest. And then, and then, um, yeah, Max, Mac's got his own history, as, as yeah. you say. I think it would have been yeah. wrong for Mac to, yeah. to not go back. So Mac's from New York. To, yeah. to go back to New York and sort his own life out. I think that was Mac's destiny. Yeah. Um, unpack his baggage. He thought, he thought Ruby would be... A way to move forward, but yeah. he knew he hadn't dealt with yeah. his past yet. She was a coping mechanism, mm. or like a yeah, a thing that meant he didn't have to actually deal with be an adult and confront. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. She even gave him. She coached him. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. I, I, I never thought Mac was was in it. So it was mainly between Griffin and 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 Kenny. And Kenny, you know, um, and Ruby. And Ruby. <laughs> Yeah, and as I, you I think, say, whether Ruby would just decide yeah, she's she's enough now for which herself is to be honest with you, the last before the last maybe fifteen pages, mm. I thought that was what was going to happen. Yeah, um, ah. I, I I thought 
without without saying too much, you know, she starts being independent. She goes mm. back to London. Mm. Um, I thought this is a really good, mm. a really good point for her. I mean, I, she had a lot of things she wasn't dealing with. Mm. But and she I, got her promotion. Yeah, she she <laughs> becomes marketing manager mm. or head of marketing. Mm. Um, yeah, head of. It's yeah, not yeah, yeah, argument. Head of, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, that's actually what I was going to talk about. I mm. think it's because. The, you know, it's so easy to focus on the romance. Mm. It's also really easy to just remove Ruby from the centre. Mm. You know, when, when we're talking about it, we're talking about these different guys. Yeah. But what I think you do really well is you always keep Ruby's character and her development at the heart of the story. Yeah. And I think the ending, seeing her from being really um, not confident and, you know, she's, she's got a good job, but mm. it's, you know, she I think she says, you know, it's not hardly like... Yeah, you know, it's not mind blowing. Yeah. You know, the salary and things like that. Um, and yeah, she's just got this really hard issue with Kenny to get over. Mm-hmm. And then at the end of the novel, you just see all of these things improving. You know, relationship with Jake, professional, um, you know, role, and then also her own self confidence. I think, mm-hmm. and her trust in people. Yeah, what she does does for Miss Ida. Yeah, actually, yeah. just sort of showing that side of her. Yeah. Because even Griffin's like, what happened to, you know, the, you going talking to strangers oh, when, yeah, before she yeah, shuts yeah. down any guy that yeah. comes anywhere yeah. near her, including well, in the yeah. wine bar. <laughs> yeah. yeah, well, to be fair, they're about five foot five. <laughs> She's six foot. So, yeah. Oh, Barry, yeah. Barry. Poor Barry. <laughs> what, what, what is he, an accountant or something? And yeah. Or like actuary. Uh, yeah, or yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and he's just like spouting most boring drivel whatever. <laughs> Yeah. Oh, what um, did you think of the date that she met in the... Uh... Leo? Yeah. I, I liked Leo. Yeah, you know? so did I. Yeah, yeah so did she. <laughs> yeah. yeah, so for, for a bit of context, she's on a date with a five-foot-five man. <laughs> Again, she's six-foot, has rock-hard abs, and is just, you know, this, like, force, and he's, like, an accountant. Um, nothing wrong with accountants, but, you know, it's just not what she's looking for. It, it was like a blind date set up by Fee. Um, Blackmail. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, for the hedge. Um, yeah, but and then she goes to, she, you know, she hates it. She's like, look, I'm just going to go get a drink, even though it's a, a restaurant with a waiter. She's like, no, no. It, oh, the service is looking really slow. Um, she goes to the bar, gets hit on by another man. Oh, yeah. Um, called Leo. He's on, on his own blind date. He's on his own blind date, who, what he's hating. Um, and then they go on a date. Yeah. And, you know, she, she even says, oh, I've got a kid. Yeah. Um, he hesitates for a bit and he's like, oh, I love kids. Yeah. Um, I like Leo. And that's yeah. what I mean. I, I thought, you know, maybe this is the start of her just getting out there. But even going on the date itself mm. shows that, that she's just changed. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, and I thought, you know, who needs those two guys? Yeah. But at that point, she was whole. She didn't need them. Exactly yeah. that. Yeah. It's now what she wants. Yeah. Yeah. And so that's that's given her power now. Yeah. Um, mm. What yeah. about that scene, the reunion? The well, reunion. not the, re- the yeah, the, re- the the reunion, the beach, because I wanted that circularity starting. Yeah, the beach yeah, the, yeah, and ending at the beach. Yeah, and then <sighs> even with the prologue, I had to go back to the beach. Yeah, again. I don't know how much I can the say. Um, how did you feel about it? That's how did I feel? There was part of me that thought, "You're better than this, Ruby. <laughs> You're better than this," but it was fitting. It was fitting. It was fitting. Yeah. It was fitting. Yeah, a lot of characters have changed. Yeah. Um, for the better. Mm-hmm. people have found their reason Ruby has yeah I, I thought Ruby again Ruby's the centre yeah you know and Jake as well yeah Jake is he doing played a part of, in that as well yeah yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah. 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 and um and her aunt and her yeah. yeah yeah yeah. yeah um yeah she did tell her so she did she tell did. her so yeah. Auntie Pearl will yeah. never ever shy from the I yeah. told you so yeah, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I just know so many people like that as well. Um, but yeah, I think like, I don't. I don't want to spoil anything else. So I just want to talk about some mm. little random bits. Okay, go for it. Mm-hmm. Griffin at the start. Mm. Um, what's her name? Shirley. 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 Yeah, Shirley with the long second toe. <laughs> Griffin. Yeah. What? What? Where did you pick that out from? So, so Griffin's got a problem with every every single woman that he, he yeah. meets. They they last about two weeks. Um, <laughs> 
if you've read the book or you know like yeah. from, maybe from what we're saying the problem is quite quite obvious um but shirley was trying to get you yeah. know serious after about three weeks or yeah. so and yeah. griffin's like what yeah griffin's like what you've got a long second toe not yeah. that he told her that yeah 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 of course um but that just shows how weird their relationship is at the start ruby mm. and griffin you know because shirley not Shirley, Shirley, Shirley. <laughs> she goes to Ruby's house to be like, oh, can you not like get me and Griffin back together? Which is just insane. It's insane. Yeah. But, but then, then yeah. it makes sense. Yeah, it just shows, you know, are they strictly friends? Yeah. Because you know? um, it's like, she says so, you know, it's always Ruby this, Ruby that yeah. when I'm with Griffin, so, you yeah. know. And then she says to her as well, doesn't she? So why don't you two just get yeah, together yeah, and stop yeah. giving the rest of us? Yeah, oh, actually, when we were 15, we actually had a horrible... Yeah, okay, okay. Yeah, yeah. Um, oh, God, what, what else was I going to say? Oh, yeah, and, and the bit, the whole bit with the orphanage. Yeah. I, I loved that bit. Yeah. Um, and Diego, the yeah. musician. Griffin Griffin ends up helping, doing a lot um, to help people on the island. And I just think that's such a good character development for him, for mm. this sort of... Um, man whore to because yeah. Jake was always his weakness too yeah. he loved Jake to pieces yeah. and um, his love of kids and his music his love of music yeah. and being lost in yeah. general gave him a purpose suddenly yeah. the two things came together in a way he could actually really see a tangible difference yeah. and then he had the resources to make it happen yeah, so. yeah I, I really liked that and then of course Miss Ida as well oh, she was so Ida. sweet yeah. she was so sweet and her story yeah um is it martin yeah yeah martin and martin yeah yeah um, mm. yeah it was just so it was so sad but it was so lovely and that that idea yeah. of having your like twin mm. your twin heart and things like that mm. um it's just yeah it reminded me of my grandparents you know they they yeah. met when they were really young and they yeah. just had this perfect marriage yeah um yeah it was just really heartwarming and that's, that's what I was saying you know a nice person must have written this book because I, oh. I just think you know I, I read a lot of just miserable <laughs> books where no, I need uplifting. goes wrong yeah I you know? need uplifting I need heartwarming I need realism yeah because life is like that yeah but I'm an optimist yeah um and in there in all of us there is there is the nugget of good and yeah when circumstances conspire to allow us to find that nugget of good, then, yeah, we need to show that. Because yeah. there's too many other things that are not good. So Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. Um, and, you know, even though I was, like, screaming at the page at some of these <laughs> characters at some points, especially towards the end. Which, you know, is really good for a writer to hear because yeah. it means you believe them. Yeah, yeah. Whether you like them or not is almost relevant. It's the you believe yeah. them. And at so least I had, a, I had a reaction. Yeah, yeah, an emotional response to them. yeah. And that's amazing. Yeah, I definitely had an emotional response to, to them. Yeah. I've had people say, I want to shake Ruby. What? Yeah. yeah, she's being so stubborn. Yeah. yeah. Like... And, and towards the end, there's a, there's about 70 pages where everyone's just going, you really don't know? <laughs> and she's like, no, I don't want to hear it. I was like, no, come on, come on. You have Someone to... talked yeah, to her. Yeah, down yeah exactly, horse. exactly, yeah. But she's six foot and has rock hard out. <laughs> so no one can do it, you know? No one can the do it. The only one she, who can, she won't talk exactly. to. Him. Exactly. When she runs into him. Yeah, yeah. And that's, that's a bit of the healing process. Yeah. Um, and then it switches from anger to she starts to realise yeah. why it's so difficult. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, I think there's just... You know, it's just realistic. There's forgiveness. Like people say things in anger. Um there's resentment there's acceptance mm. and there's yeah as, as you just said yeah. yeah yeah but as you just said there's healing yeah um at the center of the book mm. and you know the characters sort of just go on an upward trend mm. and it was just yeah really like positive to read oh, good. <laughs> um yeah i loved it i really loved it yeah that makes my day yeah absolutely and, yeah as i said first romance book i don't know if i want to if I want to get into more romance, because... I'm not sure you'll get... And that's that label again, romance, right? Yeah. So I'd kind of call this women's fiction or popular fiction, not yeah. even women's fiction, just popular fiction, yeah. um, you know, with a romantic story, but there's yeah. no category or genre yeah. in publishing like yeah. that. So, yeah. <laughs> you know, so rom-com maybe, but again, it doesn't... 
it doesn't describe the depths of some of the issues yeah, in exactly. the book. So I think it's a Francis Mensah Williams type of book. Right. And you just have to, <laughs> yeah. that's New the category genre. on Amazon. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So if you want edge, if you want depth, yeah. but you want a story that's really easy to read and readable and yeah. makes you laugh and gets you teary, I'm so glad you did that. Yeah. Um, then, yeah, you're going to have to just look for the niche category called <laughs> Francis yeah. Mensah Your Williams. Website. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, any, any recommendations from this? I was uh, like I was thinking mm-hmm. going like from your from your books I was thinking mm-hmm. from pasta to pigfoot I think that sounds the most interesting to me Do you know people I I had somebody who said to me I went to Ghana after I read that book No way Yeah he said, I had to visit after I read that book. And yeah. he did. And he came out, he was telling me it was amazing. So I, I met him at a book reading I was doing. And he said, because of your book, I, I went. Yeah. So, hey, you know, I'm helping the tourist yeah. industry. <laughs> Sorry, Sorrel Island. Yeah. I can't help yeah. you with that one. Yeah. I, I'm desperate <laughs> to go. The Caribbean yeah. in general. Yeah, yeah. Um, Where I've never been. Can I admit that? Right. I was going to ask you. Yeah. Yeah. I've never been to the Caribbean. Well, I think you did just this. You Thank know, you. You got the white sandy beaches. I did. Yeah, I did. Um, got, yeah, yeah. I'd the, love the to lush. go to that island. Sorrel Island. Yeah. Yeah, me too. Oh. Yeah, meet George Clooney. <laughs> yeah. Me and George on the beach. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's much to ask. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Um, yeah. Thank you so much for talking about the book. Um, pleasure. Now, I want to ask about your reading. Yeah. So what's the best oh, book you've read in the last year? It doesn't have to be from this year. It can just be anything. Um, the one that comes to mind, because it's still so quirky, is called... And, and just in terms of context, my, my big, one of my big influences for the way I write is Terry McMillan, hmm. who wrote books like Waiting to Exhale and How Stella Got Her Groove Back and stuff, because it's all about regular people hmm. and women at the middle. She's, Dor- she's American. She's American. Yeah, yeah. And Dorothy Coombson's earlier books, which mm. were more sort of in the romance genre. Um, but the book that I've is still sticking in my mind is called My Sister, the Serial Killer. Mm. Um, <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> it is brilliant. Yeah. It is brilliant. It's set in Nigeria. Mm. Um, and it's um, the, 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 the narrator is, is um, a nurse. Mm. And her sister is just this totally self-indulged indulged younger sister Mm. who's gorgeous and always sort of drawing the men to her and then when she goes off them she kills them (laughs) (laughs) and her sister has to help cover up the crime (laughs) so it starts with her getting a phone call going you need to help me i've done something wrong and she's like oh god here we go again yeah (laughs) Oh, 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 so it's just been happening for ages. Yeah, it's yeah. kind of a thing. But then I imagine after the fifth time, it's like, yeah, okay, okay, come but, over. But then the narrator falls in love with the doctor at the hospital, who then sees her sister, and starts getting feels for the sister, and the sister also get feels for the doctor, yeah. and the narrator is like, no, I like <laughs> yeah, him, yeah. and oh, I yeah. know what happens yeah, when yeah. you like guys. Yeah. So yeah, it's it's great. Wow, <laughs> who's that by? Sorry. Oh my gosh, um, Oyin Can Braithwaite. Right, okay. she's a Nigerian author, young young woman. Yeah. Um, but it, sounds, it's a great book. That sounds hilarious. Oh, it's great. I so and loved awful. it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's so awful. It's great. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You've sold me. You've absolutely you need sold to read me. It. Yeah. I mean, she's got amazing reviews, so yeah. people love her. Yeah. Um, but it's 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 a great book. Yeah. I really enjoy that. Yeah, I, I, I will the title, pick it up. The yeah. title is... Yeah. Uh... That's hilarious, yeah. <laughs> Nothing left else to do other than Eat. biscuit review. Yeah. So how, how do you want to do this? Do you want to, do you want to up, up to the microphone and get, get the crunch in? <clears throat> Should I describe this? Yeah, so this is M&S Extremely Chocolatey Milk Chocolate Rounds. These are more than biscuits. <laughs> this is paradise in a circle. No mosquitoes. No mosquitoes on this yeah. one at all. And it's a circle of swirled chocolate with a central little gap just to make that flavour even more flavourable. Flavourable, even. See, I'm slobbering already yeah, yeah. as it's getting closer to my mouth. <laughs> and it's thick, dense chocolate encasing this shortbread. And it's... Uh, mm, 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 mm. Oh, my God. 
that bite is too much. Mm. So this is what I'm going to pass out, unless you <laughs> ask me a question, because this is beyond. Last question before you, uh, mm. you, mm. you pass out. <laughs> out of ten? Eleven. Eleven. Mm. Let me try it. I'm going to go with twelve. <laughs> I'm going to go with twelve. See? M&S, come to us. We can yeah. advertise this for you. Come on, M&S. Yeah. Mm. Mm. And then that second bite. <laughs> and the thickness of the chocolate. Yeah. Mm. Comes together. It's a really mature taste. This biscuit could yeah. walk. <laughs> if allowed. <laughs> it could sing. <laughs> you are not the same person when you finish it as when you started. I feel like I wanted to say something about the biscuit. <laughs> but... Anything I'm going to say is going to be infinitely worse than what you've just said. <laughs> so, mm. Strictly Friends, mm. available everywhere. Mm-hmm. Everywhere. Everywhere worth going to. <laughs> Order it online if you can't find it in your local bookstore. Yeah. And Extremely Chocolatey Milk Chocolate Rounds. <laughs> Coming in at a close second in the recommendations. <laughs> Francis Metzer Williams, thank you so much. You've been hilarious. <laughs> You've been lovely. You've just been a really nice ray of sunshine to interview. Oh, thank you so much. My yeah. pleasure. Thank you. Thank you. It's been wonderful. And that's all for this week. Have you ever heard a biscuit review like it? If that doesn't make you run to M&S to snap up some chocolate rounds for autumn, I don't know what will. A huge thank you to Frances for being so wonderful and sharing her book with us. As Connor said, Strictly Friends is out now, so don't hang about. Go grab yourself a copy. Thank you all for listening. And as always, if you share our episodes on social media, don't forget to tag us at legend underscore times on Instagram and at legend underscore times underscore on Twitter. Now, while we will have another episode out in two weeks time, as usual, there is a certain book, you might know which one I'm referring to, published by Legend Press that's coming out soon. And so we have a very special episode out on publication day. So get ready, in just one week's time, we'll be releasing the Lilith special with Nikki Marmory. I'm so, so excited to share it with you all. Until then, have a great Monday, everyone. Uh